0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for being with us. It's good to welcome you back as we continue through the Gospel of Luke. In the 18th chapter today, um, verse 15 through 17 here, our first section, um, I, th- I think one of those passages that is beloved, um, not so much as a story, but perhaps more as an image. Uh, let me read it for you, and then we'll circle back to it. People were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them, And when the disciples saw it, they sternly ordered them not to do so. But Jesus called them and said, Let the little children come to me and do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. And I tell you the truth, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a child will never enter it. So I I think those of us who maybe grew up with pictures of kids on Jesus' lap or Jesus standing with children who heard this kind of language. I mean I I think this is a, a warm kind of text for most of us. It's maybe a little sentimental, but the idea that Jesus loves children is comforting to us. I think it's it's a beautiful image. I think that it's an important image. Um though I think Michael, and, and interestingly enough, you mentioned this on Sunday in in your sermon. I, I think it is difficult for us to understand that this is not a consensus in Jesus' world. I, it those of us who live in a culture that values children and treasures images and and loves the idea of you know babies and young people it's a little harder for us to resonate that that was, that was not so much the case in Jesus' world.
1: Yeah, this is, I think, very difficult for us to contextualize in our own time and place. And honestly, talking about it makes you feel like you're a real curmudgeon and uh, you makes you not the life of the party. But I think it's really important that we recognize that there was a different cultural perspective related to children in the ancient world than there is today for a lot of different reasons. One b- reason being, quite simply, that life expectancies for children were substantially lower at that point, and so a family might have a number of children, and not all of those children would make it to adulthood. So there was a kind of awareness of the fragility of the small life. And then on top of that, um, you have this reality where so many of these kids, Clint— they, they didn't contribute to the family's financial needs. If a family um, needed work to be done, especially the youngest children were a burden and they were not a benefit. At some point, they would get old enough that they could either be a part of the household chores or ultimately be able to generate income of some form. Uh, but the goal of childhood was to get someone as quickly as possible to a place where they could actually carry their own weight. And so as we look at a text like this. I think what's really important for us to recognize is that when Jesus calls up infants and children, he's calling to mind the most humble, the most put out, the most useless, I'm putting that, if you can't see it, if you're in the podcast, I'm putting that in scare quotes, the the ones who are creating or contributing the least. And he's saying they have inherent value. Because of the reality of whose they belong to, this language that we hear, have here as received the kingdom of God as a little child. Um, it is God who is the one who determines the value of these children. I, It's always important we read these texts in context, and I think that there is a kind of sentimentality applied to this text, Clint. So I just want to point out where we ended on verse 14, all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. The very next words in Luke give us as illustration the people who are most humbled by definition, literally, the children, and it is these who are in God's eyes— exalted. They're lifted up. They're made even more important because of God's grace and power. And, and and that exemplifies the point that Jesus was making and does so in a way that would have really hit home in the first century context.
0: Yeah, I I think though contextualizing this passage might be troubling. The idea that to speak of children as outsiders perhaps, but Luke is incredibly partial. To the down and the out, and those who live on the bottom rung, we we've seen that. Keep in mind that Jesus occupies a culture in which most children are going to do what their parents do. Um, the males are going to grow up and probably inherit their father's job, um, their father's vocation. Um, there's some flexibility, but not a lot. And and so the idea that a uh, a man is sitting around, you know, blessing children, it is. We read that and we think, yes, that would happen. That that would have been very out of character in Jesus' day. In fact, the disciples, we, we see it in their reaction. Right? They ran them. Don't bother him with these kids. It, it, just go, go on, go on. And then Jesus says, "Let the children come to me." Now, this isn't to say Jesus doesn't value children. Clearly, he does. But it is to say, you have to put that in the broader context of what Luke has been telling us the entire time, that Jesus is for the marginalized, that Jesus is for those on the edges, that Jesus has a, a predisposition, a bent toward those who get pushed out of the circle. And I think if you if you understand that not only can we read through this text and say, hey, children matter matter, and the church should care for kids and we should care for kids, but more than that, there's more than that lesson here. And I think the way that we treat children in our culture, which is arguably better than the first century Middle Eastern world, it can get in the way of us seeing the larger picture, the, the bigger picture here of what Jesus is doing. And so- Then we come to this this last verse. What does it mean? I tell you the truth, if you can't receive the kingdom of God as a child, you can't enter it. Well, what does that mean to us? It means innocence. It means naivety. It means pure heartedness, right? Those are what we read into this text. But what might it also mean in the context Jesus says it, it might also mean— those who have nothing to offer, those who don't have standing in the world, those who can't buy their way in, those who aren't important. If you can't receive the kingdom as one who can only receive, then you might not ever enter it. And, and again, Michael, I think while it may be troubling for us to get there, I think if we can see that, I I do think it deepens the text.
1: It deepens the text. I think it also points out the ways in which – A text like this has been formative in the life of the church and the world, I think, in helpful ways, Clint. And if you're a person who's been with us for a number of these studies, uh, then I'm sure at some point you've been with us at the point where we had rather critical things to say about the church or the church's interpretation of a text. Or You know, over thousands of years, the church has certainly gotten it wrong more times than we can count, but Clint... It's worth pointing out the church has taken words like this incredibly seriously in the history of its life and it's because of texts like this and and this is this text uh, with its other inclusions in the synoptic gospels I mean the establishment of orphanages the establishment of Children's hospitals, the establishment of schools, um, this text being directly referenced in the midst of the, the series of reforms that happened um, when legislation was passed that children couldn't work. I mean, th- this, this idea of treating children as valuable regardless of their mm-hmm. contribution – has been read by the church helpfully throughout its history, and it has been taken seriously. And because of that, I do think we inherit a world in which it is not for every child, and and that's a thing that we have to recognize, but for many children— the world that we live in today is a far more equitable place than it was for children. And and some of that is because of Christians who read a text like this and said, I can put that into action. Now, that said, I think a more complex reading opens our eyes to see that textually Luke is not just talking about children. Luke is talking about all of those vulnerable people who are displaced and put out and who are powerless. I think that Luke has a much larger view than just children in mind, But there are times in which the church has taken a text like this and said, this is a clarion call. We need to live into the kinds of values we see in the scripture here. And I think that this is an example where that has been done well in many cases.
0: And that happened fairly early. We have documented um, history of... Things that happened in Rome, in the Roman world in Jesus' day of people taking children, um, either born the wrong gender or unwanted or couldn't afford them and leaving them in fields or at, at, there was a particular dump outside of, uh, Jerusalem where that often happened. And, and we have documentation that suggests Christians went out and, and did what they could to rescue those children. So that call was taken seriously, very early in the church's life, and and we should continue to hear it. Having said that, we also want to put this text in conversation with the other texts around it, and I want you to hold on to this one because essentially what this text says is that those who really don't have much to offer receive the kingdom, and tomorrow we meet a man who has everything to offer And can't receive the kingdom. And so um, Luke, as he often does, masterfully places stories together to get a contrast and to get the most impact out of each one. And I I think you'll want to hold this story loosely as we go into a very different story tomorrow because I think they accent each other really well.
1: And I think the question that comes to us comes from this last verse, Clint. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. This is a really challenging word from Jesus, I think, really, if we take it seriously, because most of us live our entire lives Seeking agency far beyond a child. We, we want to be in control of our life. And we try to achieve that control through so, so many different means, through influence, through popularity, through money, through resources. We, we try to pull ourselves ahead. And when we do that, we put ourselves at the driver's seat. And we make it all the harder, I think, when we come to a text like what Jesus is teaching here. We make it all the harder for ourselves to receive the kingdom, which is always, by definition, gift. It's never earned. It's never achieved. And Clint, I think for so many of us, myself included, maybe myself supremely, I find a text like this very, very challenging because it's it's very hard to live your life open to vulnerability and trust. And that's what Jesus is calling us to, lives of, of trust in him and and not our own agency or power or, or whatever things we might reach for. And I think if we're willing to hear in this, yes, there's a comforting image here. There's also a challenging applicable
0: image here. Yeah, and, and again, masterfully, Luke puts this little episode, which we love, on its own, but notice to where it is. It is between the par- parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, in which the tax collector said, forgive me, I'm a sinner, and went home justified, and the tax collector said, I, I'm i so good, I'm glad I'm not like these other people, and didn't go home justified. And then the story we'll see tomorrow, the rich ruler who, who wants to inherit eternal life, but finds that the price is ironically too high for a rich man, and... Um, this text might seem oddly placed unless I think you understand what Luke is doing with it.
1: And and this is the value, and this is why we're so glad for all of you who join us daily as we go along this study, because when we take it slowly, we discover the ways in which these ha- stories have been included together to teach us something with much larger strokes than just short little sections. So thank you for investing your time with us again today. If you've made it this far through the study, uh, we're overjoyed that you've done that. We hope that you will leave by giving this video a like that helps others find it in the future and then subscribe so you can stick with us along the journey. We look forward to seeing you all and studying with you when we return tomorrow.
0: Thanks, everybody.